From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Hi, my name is Shannon Reese, and I'm a pastor at Calvary Church. I'm so glad that you're joining me for this conversation that is going to bring us great words of wisdom. Tonight, we're interviewing my friend and Calvary Church family member, Tim McAvaney. Tim is Chief of Cardiology at Kaiser Permanente in Orange County, California, and we're excited tonight to have him here so we can talk about what it's like um, on the front lines in the midst of this current global health crisis. Um, Tim, I'm so glad you're here. Can you just share with everybody a little bit about who you are when you're not being a doctor or um, hanging out at the hospital? Sure. Yeah, thanks, Shannon, for having me. And it's kind of hard to remember who I am not being at the hospital lately, but uh, I, I, I grew up on the East Coast and um, went to college and medical school in Maryland, then came out to California where I went to UCLA for residency. And while I was there, I met a, a, a gal from Orange County who happened to go to a church, at Calvary Church in Santa Ana. Her name was Jen Esser then. And um, Jen is now my wife. We have three children. Um, and we, after going back to the East Coast to finish up some cardiology training, we made our home back out here in Orange County and our church home at Calvary. And, um, you know, that then I got the side gig doing cardiology work. So you also are one of our elders right now. How has that been for you? I am. It has been a learning process. It's humbling really to see a group of men who loves the Lord and cares for the church so much. Um, it's, it's been great learning from them and, and participating in helping uh, the, the church leadership put forward its mission and, um, and, and following the Lord. So I, I feel very blessed to have been asked into that group and doing my best to uh, to serve however I can. Well, I have to say thank you. I am so grateful for your leadership and the time that you spend um, at church helping to lead, lead our congregation. So thank you. Can you share a little bit with me about how you found your way to medical school? How did you decide to become a doctor? Yeah, so I guess um, I'm, I'm sure there were parts of growing up that were impactful to me. Um, my dad was a paramedic, for example, and had kind of maybe talked about it in passing. I was a, an engineering major in college and lots of math science stuff. And uh, when I did my internships through college, I thought I'd, I wanted something else, something different. And uh, a mentor had encouraged me to um, to choose a career in service of others. And uh, medicine was one of those that I felt I could do that, and uh, I've you know been really lucky. Um, more than luck, I feel like God's had His hands sort of on my uh, career path, and in in choosing not just medicine but cardiology, and and ultimately being out here in Orange County with uh, Kaiser Permanente, it's been really uh, fulfilling, but also been able to um, to do a lot of the things I had hoped to do in a career in medicine. So I feel fortunate in that way. How are you able, or are you able, to really integrate your faith with your profession? 
What does that look like for you on a day-to-day -day basis? So I think the Sunday school answer would be to serve others. And I thought maybe when I got into medicine, that is what I would, how I would um, merge the two. I really think it's, it's been a lot more than that. I think you are with people when they are uh, vulnerable, when they're not sure what to do, when they might be scared. Um, the uncertainty that comes from the patient side and then really if you're paying attention as a doctor, you realize how little you know um, in the big picture. And that certainly reminds you of, of the higher power that's, that's really in control and whose design of not just the world around us, but just the amazing human body machine is, you know, is, is pretty strong evidence for, for God in, in my book. Um, and you get to have conversations with patients about faith issues. And I, I, don't, I don't necessarily use the office as a way to, to, to push a faith, but I, I, I will reference that I don't always know the answer. Um, you know, if I, I, if I had guarantees from God that certain things would happen, I would know exactly what to do for you in this case. But since I don't always have audible guarantees of, of what the right thing to do, um, here's what my, my experience and, and best knowledge leads us to, to look at. So I think it's been, it's been helpful to me personally, and I, I hope my patients feel the same way that you know, there's, there's room for faith in, in a life of, of learning and in medicine. In fact, um, they, they probably um, facilitate each other. So. What has God been teaching you in the last, let's just say, four to six weeks? There's been some different things going on in the world that have impacted your daily life and um, I know for many of us, we're finding ourselves on like the fourth week of a quarantine, a stay-at-home order, where um, we're learning how to do a new sort of normal. And there's a lot that we hear on the news, that we read um, on our phones, news that we, we're getting. Um, sometimes it is consistent, sometimes it's contradicting. There's lots and lots of information that we're receiving. Um, and not so much kind of what are you learning in a medical sort of sense, because we can read all those papers and listen to the news and hear that sort of a thing. But what are you, Tim, learning about God and your own relationship with him as you are really on the front lines um, in the hospitals right now? Yeah, I think I'm learning to trust him. And, you know, the... Um, I. I really identify with um, with uh, the biblical figures who uh, acknowledge their um, their desire to trust the Lord, but needing His help in their unbelief. I I think we're always um, we're always being pushed in new ways to trust God, whether that's in things we're going through personally or new experiences. Um, I think God finds a way to remind us uh, that there's a lot that is out of our control and we probably do best not to 
pretend we're God and try to control certain things, but rather trusting in him. Certainly this is a great example. Uh, we've never had anything like this in uh, certainly in my career. And it sounds like really in the last uh, century, we haven't had a, a, a public health challenge like this. So there's a lot of uncertainty. There's, there's a lot of anxiety, um, not just in our patients, um, but also in our, our medical staff and really the physicians too. There's, um, we're human beings. There's a little bit of nervousness of tackling something new, of, of not knowing if you're putting yourself or your family in danger by doing it. So um, I think as a leader at work, I've been asked to try and instill confidence and calm um, and sort of um, a, a environment of safety for everybody. But meanwhile, I have my own doubts and fears. And so that's where I've tried to rest in the Lord so that I can sort of project a, a confidence and and I've asked everybody to be cautious and, and careful, but also calm. Um, and I think that's that's been where I've been leaning on God. I certainly have been praying for the the curve to be flattened so so we can help the folks who are sick and we don't get overwhelmed. Um, but I'm certainly praying for my own family and for my friends and and the other doctors, uh, those in the emergency room and, and in the critical care units are are really uh, on the front lines. As a cardiologist, I'm I'm providing a lot of support to them and taking care of patients who would come into the hospital who are sick not because of the virus. Um, but it's um, you know there's a lot of folks who have a lot of uncertainty um, and and that can turn into anxiety uh, until we remind ourselves hey God's got this and and so I think that's maybe where I've tried to to lean on him a little more I imagine that's just even a daily like breath prayer of trust in the Lord and it, it's not just a oh I'm gonna pray in the morning and cover it for the day but it's probably one of those things where you're going back to the Lord all day reminding yourself and, and inviting him to give you that peace and calm that only he can give. Absolutely. And, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, 6 is, is I know I'm not the only one who made that a life verse uh, as, a, as a young Christian, um, but it's a, it's a great one. And, uh, and, but just like any life verse or any good wisdom that you've gleaned from from fellow believers or from the word, um, it it's not always as easy to put into practice when um, when when it when push comes to shove. So I think that's been healthy for me to remind myself and and trusting in God and not leaning on my own understanding, which is minimal for this condition. So um, yeah, that's it's it's been a good exercise. It's healthy. I think there's there's growth in that. Uh, but I'm praying for folks to get through difficult times, uh, whether it's with the illness or the consequences of the illness and the anxiety or job loss, et cetera, that's going on. So, so yeah, um, challenge for sure. Absolutely. 
We have, um, I've heard different people have different responses to all of the hand washing and the masks and, and um, gosh, you know, if we had faith, we don't need to worry about our own health. We just should keep living life and we shouldn't live in fear and, and that sort of a thing. And yet, um, I think there's a balance there. So I'd love for you just as a believer talking to other believers and even your church family, how should we as believers be wise and walking through this, um, these weeks, this season that none of us know when it's going to end, how exactly it's going to end, but, um, but how should we be wise? What sorts of things, what sorts of knowledge should we be applying to our life and putting into practice? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think as far as wisdom goes, I, you know, the, the proverbs that, that state the, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to trust him, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the foundation of, of wisdom is, is trusting that God's got this under control. But uh, my dad used to say growing up, you know, pray like everything depends on God and, and act and work as if everything depended on you. Uh, I think we can we can display wisdom without just um, rolling the dice and and seeing what happens. I, I think it's pretty clear that this virus spreads through close contact. You know, there there are actual debates about whether it's uh, an aerosolized virus or just a droplet virus. The truth is, the less we are coming into contact with people who are sick. Um, the less likely we are to contract the virus. So I do think the hand washing is wonderful advice. Uh, when you're out in public, touching a lot of public things that other people might have just touched, I, I'm, I'm partial to the, the alcohol-based hand gel. Um, and, uh, and really avoiding big crowds and, and trying to keep your distance when you're with folks. I, I know that we're all at the point now where we're starting to go a little bit stir crazy and and cabin cabin fever is just as prevalent as coronavirus fever right now. So um, I I think it's, it's requiring us to be patient Mm -hmm. and calm, but that's where maybe we can trust in God through those moments, knowing that it really doesn't serve us well in, uh, in, in being the light of the world. If we are, um, if we are putting ourselves in danger and, and maybe endangering others by um, by ignoring the, the best that we know uh, on the science side, which is trying to keep us all well. Um, yeah. I guess maybe if, if that's what you're asking about, um, I think that's, you hear every day that the models are being updated. And I read a really good article about uh, how these epidemiological models are not meant to um, to be uh, Nostradamus predictions of the future. They're meant to lay out all of the possibilities so that we can change the inputs mm-hmm. that therefore uh, select the outputs of the least people getting sick. And so, you know, the, the whole millions of people dying uh, as an option um, probably went away when we started, um, you know, being careful with our social interactions, the distancing, and then certainly the shelter at home. Uh, I'm like everybody else. I want that. I want that to end, but I also want it to end safely and not all run out, have a big party and everyone, you know, all it takes is one person being sick to infect, you know, 
thousands of others. So yeah. um, that's going to be, I believe, a little bit patience requiring mm -hmm. over the coming weeks. Um, so I, I hope that that's helpful. I think it is. Absolutely. You know, um, one of the things that I do to help me kind of process through the current is to think about the future and plan for, even though we can't be planning for, thinking through what um, God has for us after this. And as I think about you and I think about the other healthcare workers who are in the hospitals and on, on those front lines right now battling this virus, um, I wonder what would you have to say to us for how to um, care well for those folks who are working in hospitals right now when this is over? Maybe right now, what could we do for them? Um, and then what could you do to prepare us to care well for them when this is over? It's a great question. Uh, I think right now, I think it's meant a lot just having uh, folks saying thank you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, that goes a long way. Um, most people aren't in this business to get pats on the back from from others or to get thank yous, but I, it has been a little bit different this time, maybe a little bit more of a anxiety provoking existence right now. So the, the recognition is nice. Um, I think looking out for, if you have a, a doctor or a nurse or someone who works a paramedic, a, you know, a frontline um, yeah, ambulance worker, technician in the hospital, those folks are working long hours, and I think that's maybe the strain is that it's is the fatigue of of long hours without knowing when the end is coming. Hmm. And I, I will tell you a couple of friends who looked out for us and in, in dropping off some supplies or even a dinner here and there. Um, you know, we're we're set here, but I know there may be people in your neighborhood who um, who might need help. Maybe asking them, is there something you could get for them or are they short on anything might be nice um you know it's the same kind of things we're we're looking for in being uh good neighbors mm -hmm. uh reaching others uh by by showing god's love and uh and that's maybe an expression of of love right now after this is over maybe just realizing that it might take some time for the fatigue to wear off mm -hmm. that's i haven't thought much about that um, I had hoped we would be through this all by by May, um, back a few weeks ago, and, and now I'm hoping it doesn't disrupt too much of our summer. Um, but I, I think maybe recognizing that there is a little bit of fatigue involved here. I don't know that, that I have any specific um, encouragement that is necessary, but that's... Uh, that's maybe something to, that I am processing myself is how my energy level is gonna gonna be. Um, I'm I'm in a separate room in our house just so that I don't come home and accidentally bring the virus home. And so I you know I miss being able to to be with the family and give my wife and kids a hug right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that I haven't thought ahead too far as to what, uh, what the needs would be. Um, but maybe just looking out for them and knowing that there might be still some fatigue left over at the end. It's good, good words. 
Um, you have an opportunity right now just to say any last things to your church family, if there's anything on your heart that you feel like we need to hear um, in this moment, the floor is yours. Okay, well, <laughs> um, I think one of the, one of the biggest um, surprises to me in all of this has been the depth of, of the psychological, really maybe spiritual battle going on um, that, that we don't appreciate in other, um, in other illnesses or healthcare crises. Uh, there's been a, a real palpable anxiousness from the people that are delivering healthcare and, and certainly from patients. I, I would imagine that that is something we're all feeling a little bit of. And depending on how we deal with that in general, that that is probably um, something that's, that's even flared up. Um, and I, I know that, that, that we have seen more um, you know, anxiety as a society. Mm -hmm. um, I know with um, really with the, the growth in, in social media and, and, and screens, I know there are links between those, but I feel like this is at a different level. And I think we need to be looking out for those who may be feeling more stressed. I think we should be patient with each other because when we're under stress, um, it manifests in different ways. It might be a a quicker fuse or um, or really you know inability to to pay attention as well um, certainly um, let's be patient with each other let's look out for those who might be under stress um, but let's also as a church body remember that the secret to alleviating that anxiety is is going to the source of all of our energy and power and and i think these kinds of crises allow us to put our um our words from all of the years past into practice and and if we aren't going to trust in the lord with all our heart and need not on our own understanding then why especially when times get tough then why then why spend a lot of time memorizing a verse or reading it or talking about it to others if we're not going to actually believe it and put it into practice? So maybe some encouragement to, you know, to, to look at biblical um, wisdom and, and ways to trust God through this in a way that, that makes it um, maybe an opportunity for growth instead of a, a healthcare crisis. That was, I think that's that right. All I can do, open floor, yeah. Oh, it's great. You've given us so much to think about. Um, that this is an opportunity to be a good neighbor, to serve one another well, um, to pray for others, and to um, look for opportunities to say thank you. So, Tim, thank you. Thank you for um, sleeping in a different bedroom and making the sacrifices so that every day you can go to work and be there in yeah. case we need you. And um, I'm so grateful. I know it's not easy to be separated from your family and um, you're doing that because you really do believe in the calling that God's given you to serve us through medicine. So we're so grateful. So thank you so much. Sure.
Thank you, Shannon, for having me. And thanks for really the, a whole bunch of great church support. Uh, I, I feel like you guys are doing a great job supporting not just those of us working, but everybody who's going through uh, different kinds of challenges right now. So thanks to you back. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined us for this time for these words of wisdom. And I hope that there will be something that you heard through this conversation that you can take and apply to your life. Hope you'll have a great night. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.